Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, hearth of firelight, hearth of ash, hearth of tinder, hearth of match, Hearth of song and chamber to the laugh. Hearth of propped feet and hearth of dog. Spilt pint scrubbed down witness to the cheer. Oak warped brass gleaming hearth side of the mind. Warm us thence. The twain we meet beside thee in the moon underwater. Did you hear the chimes? Not again. Not much bloody chimes, yeah. Well, different chimes this week, because what the townsfolk... We don't often get a chance to mention the townsfolk of the correct realm. No, no. I I don't believe they've been mentioned at all, really, have they? Well, sometimes they contribute to various fates and festivities. Yeah. Uh, But the, the townsfolk of the correct realm all seem to have just quite traditional jobs, e.g. coopers, mm-hmm. um blacksmiths yeah uh, basket makers weavers yeah uh, milliners and they sort of they do have that that is their surname as well yeah 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 all their surnames are their job um bumped into um ian optician oh the other yeah day, actually yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they created this fantastic sort of it's the full length of the high street this xylophone made out of cans okay and obviously yeah. each can has a different amount of beer in it right so it creates a different tone. Yeah. And there was, well, there was Paul Xylophonist, there was Tim Xylophonist, Linda Xylophonist. Yeah. And uh, Janice Xylophonist was there. Big family, yeah. Aubrey Xylophonist. And they're all playing the um, the can xylophones out in the street. That's great. Nominative determinism, really. Yeah, and it was such a merry atmosphere. I suppose nominative determinism was always going to be called that with a name like that, wasn't it? Yes, good humour there. Thank you. Um, uh, but then I realised why they'd gone to such trouble. It's because they're such big fans of our guest this week. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, and I believe... Can you hear? They they 
piped up a little bit louder now. Yeah, the chiming is really kicking off. Yeah, the enormous can xylophone <laughs> is is giving a sort of a a sort of a royal regal entrance to this week's guest as he comes into the moon underwater. It's Reese Hugill. Hello, Reese. Oh, hello, hello, hello. How you doing? How you do- How are you doing? How was? The- I hope the xylophonists weren't too uh, sort of um, uh, sort of overpowering. They do like to really go for it. It was like pompous. But there was some good harmonies going there, so oh, yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. Nice. There's worse ways to arrive. There are much worse ways to arrive. That's why I mean, we were once meant to have um, Piers Morgan come, but uh, uh, I tell I tell you that he'd 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 have given all his possessions for a, a can xylophone because 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 what what he was greeted with by the townsfolk was uh, yeah they did not take to him. <laughs> Uh, so he turned on his heels and went straight back into the other realm. And I dare say a few cries of good riddance went up. Uh, but not the case today. No, high praise and thanks for coming to the moon underwater. Um, Reese, pull up a pew. What's your, where's your favourite place to sit in a pub? At the bar, end of the bar specifically. So I'm not getting away of any punters kind of elbowing me, shouldering me. I want to be sat at the end of the bar, just have a nice little beer, dipping into some nuts and scratchings and just mad at my own business. Mm. But equally not taking up a whole table. I could be I could be gone in, in two minutes. There's no kind of like reason for me to stay there. I'm just at the end of the bar. I'll say hello to the regulars and the bar staff and then I, I can be gone. In sort of the hinterland between the the sort of the bar serving area and the glass collection point. Yes. Uh preferably the other end of the bar to the glass collection point. So I don't accidentally drink the dregs of someone's blue wick. <laughs> um, so, Reese, you are owner-operator, head brewer. Is that the right phrase? Yes. I'm no longer sole employee. I used to say I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. But, um, yeah, recently there's a, my friend Craig helps me with sales. Of Don Zonko Brewery. Don Zonko, which I guess, I don't think my accent is the right one to say a Japanese word in, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I said Don Zonko. So how does tell what what does Don Zoko mean? It means like rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> or like loser. I thought it was pretty funny. Um and yeah, like start from the bottom, start one now and then see where you end up. Like you you can't get you can't get lower than the, the rock bottom. So amazing. Yeah, I mean it has other connotations with the uh sort of the world of alcohol consumption. Uh <laughs> It's a it's a point at which you might then start to not drink from. Yes. Um or the point where you think, right, I might as well drink. <laughs> that's a that's another way of looking at it. Yeah, that di- different views. Uh, please do drink responsibly. Um but Reese, tell us about your journey into basically setting up a brewery on your own. So, uh I was at university in Newcastle uh doing chemistry and chemistry was pretty hard. Um, I was, was studying over in, um, I did like a year and a half abroad in Munich, mm. in Germany. Ooh. And I was working out there and it was really hard. And I, I, was, I was finishing work, meeting with my friends, usually like a place called the English Garden in Munich, which is like a big city centre park with like a lazy river that runs through it, uh, which is kind of man-made. It sounds made up, but you can jump in one end of the lazy river, float downstream for like a mile or so with a beer, obviously. And then you jump out. You have to catch a rope before you head to like, there's an artificial wave where there's loads of surfers 
kind of like um, always surfing. Yeah. It's like one continuous wave that's created in the, in the lazy river. Wow. So you have to avoid the surfers, clamber out, and then walk back up and start the lazy river again with a fresh beer. And I was thinking, this is, I'm enjoying this a lot more than I'm enjoying working in the laboratory. This weird surfing lazy river situation. Yeah. When you say float down, what, what are you floating on? Just, just kind of flailing softly. I'd say. So you're Self. you're swimming. Swimming, I'd say, yeah, but not actually swimming. The current is strong enough to carry you, um, so you kind of bob down. Yeah, so you're just it's like so you're drinking while submerged. Yeah, semi-submerged. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's kind of um, less Titanic and more like nice little water park feature. Nice. Okay. Cool. Sounds like the the sort of chocolate river that runs through Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. I I am a bit of a gloop myself. <laughs> but um, that's well, okay. they should turn it into like a a beer river. Mm. So then you don't have to worry about holding your beer. You can just sort of swim down and get a lungful. I mean, it sounds disgusting, really, wouldn't it? Doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? I mean, Willy Wonka himself was very, very, you know, he, 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 his first issue with Augustus Gloop falling in is he's worried about it kind of infecting his chocolate supply. Says a lot about Willie. Well, he was he was a trailblazer when it came to factory hygiene. That's yeah, that's the untold true. story of yeah, uh, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah, health and safety regulations. So tell us about uh, Don Zoko because you are a big fan of a big head. Yes, um, and so yes, I was enjoying these lovely beers and thinking this is better than um, doing chemistry, brewing beer. It's just chemistry you can drink, and I kind of about what I liked about beer, what made it different than other drinks. And one thing is, like, you look at any cartoon of beer that's ever been drawn, any little, like, any any portrayal of beer, and there's a lovely mounds of foam, like a rocky avalanche of, of, of foam on top of the pint, and it's like, it looks delicious, it looks great. And then moving back to the UK um, and kind of brewing my old beers and stuff, like, and looking at pints in the pub where everything is like, to, to the brim of beer and like it doesn't look like the cartoons it doesn't look like it does on on tv and you're thinking like we're missing something here why what's that the kind of disconnect from germany where there's only voluminous heads and then back in the uk where it's everything looks like woodpecker cider so uh uh i kind of focused in on what makes foam foam and how like fun and just nice it is as a as a substance. I think it's like the crown is the cherry on top of the cake, and it's underrated as a thing. But and you also wrote this brilliant article in Pellicle magazine online, great magazine about all things beer and pubs and brewing, and um, which was about banked beers, which is about a style of beer which is English, uh, which is from the northeast, which I hadn't really heard of until you wrote about it. But, I mean, so, so tell us a bit about that. This is kind of started in Hartlepool, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's like a, a northeastern thing that's based around the fact that there's a massive steelworks where everyone in the town works at the steelworks, uh, including my dad, my granddad, his dad. Everyone worked at the steelworks. And when the shift would change, everyone would go to the pub. So the pubs to get ready would kind of half-pour everyone's pints. But... If you half pour loads of pints, just regular pints, and leave them on the side, 20 minutes later, they're going to look pretty flat and pretty old. So what they did was they poured them with a massive head, half a pint with a huge, huge head. So when they topped it up, 
the pint would still have all the men came through the door. There'd be like, I don't know, 50 people walking at the same time. You could pull out trays of pints that have just been topped up. But in the time the head is settled, it becomes stable and like dry. The proteins give the form like structure. So the head, when you top it up, rises a good three, four inches outside the glass and creates this lovely like mound of like white form. It's like a souffle, isn't it? It's it's exactly like a souffle. <laughs> <laughs> Without the cheese. But that's that's not a million miles away from why Guinness uh, extra cold was invented because they would pre-pour the Guinness in pubs in Ireland and obviously the temperature would go up so they would have Guinness extra cold to top it up then giving you the the average temperature of a Guinness it was never meant to be the abomination it is now yeah just cranking out a whole pack of cold it's got frost on the sides it's it burns your lips but a lovely banked pint like nowadays, it's half poured and put in the fridge, so it does get a bit colder. But then topped up with fresh beer, it's just a nice temperature. It's it looks amazing. You get a full pint, but then still a huge amount of form. But how, how what's what's the kind of uh, geographical area of banked pints? Because my dad was from Darlington. I don't remember him talking about. But Darlington and Hartlepool is a bit of a rivalry, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm from Middlesbrough, and it still happens in some pubs in Middlesbrough. But I'd draw a line just under that. I'd say from Middlesbrough up to County Durham. Um, the, the mining villages, like say, like Hawden, the colliery villages, um, not as far as Newcastle. You don't get them in Newcastle. So it's kind of a very specific, like maybe like a 20 mile radius. And there's pubs that will serve the beer only that way. And I've seen people take the beer back if it's not served that way, which is like insane because when, when you show people these pints, the first reaction is like, do you want to flake with that? But it's just one of those things to embrace, really, because it's like those like regional traditions and customs are so interesting, aren't they? You know, we don't all want to drink beer that's exactly the same all over the country. When they, t- when they take like five minutes to pour a Guinness in Ireland, you're not going to complain and shout at them because it's what they do, right? You don't want to... Um, and so to come to a, a small pub, and a lot of these pubs are pretty... When you walk in them, everyone looks at you. <laughs> I don't think people would complain. Anywhere, but uh, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's it's right to do that in a place where it's like a cultural thing, uh, which is dying out as well. There's not many pubs that still do it. Yeah, but how has that informed your own brewing? Then has that kind of been something you've wanted to continue? Yeah. So when I started from the from the rock bottom and built uh, Don Zorko with a bit of money from university, I got like a grant. Um, I started focusing on just making like those like small German. Producers make those are kind of like tasty, flavorful lagers that are kind of nothing like we get. Um, usually small family breweries. Brew those unfiltered, characterful lagers, but make play up the like the big, formy. So I've got a beer, my kind of best selling beer is called Big Form, um, which is like a hoppy, rustic lager. Uh, I like kind of having that kind of heritage of my granddad drinking pints and getting foam all over your face. And then also like a, those delicious, crispy, like German style precision lagers, which uh, I don't know, I just love so much. Like anyone can drink them. You could give that pint to your granddad and he can recognize it. it's a lager, but it's got a lot of flavor. It's like yeah, that balance of refreshing and what you imagine a tasty like beer to be in your head when you really want a beer. So tell us about the, the place 
that you think lager had in the craft beer industry and the place that you would like it to have? Because I'm I'm sort of guessing from what you're saying that the more you value lager, the more likely you are to like a head on it. Yeah. Because we drink so much lager in this country, but I sometimes get the impression we we don't actually care that much about what lager it is. So yeah. quite often when when I get around in, I'll say to someone, what do you drink? They say, a lager. And you're like, what one? And they're like, I don't really mind. And it always amazes me that lager drinkers don't have a favourite lager. And do you think that's because a lot of the lager sold in the UK is just completely homogenous? Well, it's it's kind of a commodity. Um, it's brewed with, often the times the contract brewed, like the big breweries, say you're like, like uh, Carlsberg's of the world, at loads of different breweries around the country, uh, or around the world even. And it's made to be as homogenous as possible. So it is always the same, whether you're drinking it in Carlisle or you're drinking it in, 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 in Copenhagen, it's always going to be fairly similar. So that kind of lowest common denominator reads like it being a commodity, whereas in Franconia, like just outside... Uh, Munich, the beer is kind of it can be like, wonderful breweries can make some amazing like beer that blows my mind, and then the next time it'll be absolutely trash. <laughs> so you get these peaks and valleys, but that's the price you pay for like it not being always taste like fizzy water. Mm. Uh, and I think when a lot of UK breweries like craft breweries started making lager to be like, yeah, we'll we'll show them. Um, and they kind of just brewed it because they had a tap room and they wanted to sell to those lager drinkers. So for a long time, even the craft lagers of the UK weren't, weren't amazing. But there's been a, like a, almost like another wave of lager brewed in the UK from brewers like uh, Lost and Grounded, uh, Braybrook, Thornbridge, uh, which make some delicious lagers, which have actual taste and character. And they're not just brewed because, oh, we need something to put in the tap room. We need someone to tease those lager drinkers or take a bit of that market. It's people who are really passionate about it. And that's what gets me excited when you talk to a brewer and he, he, he's like excited about the 4% Pilsner he's making. Uh, because if you like a baker, if you're really good at making that like kind of white loaf, um, you don't need to bother making the, the, the poppy seed baguettes because your white loaf is, is, is the stuff. Uh, and that's what the lager is. It's, it's kind of the white bread. A good, a good test of a chef is his poached egg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I love a poached egg. <laughs> well, let's get creating your dream pub. Uh, first of all, f- you must have gone to an awful lot of pubs in your time. What sort of vibe are we talking? What kind of aesthetic? Well, I've got a specific aesthetic in mind in the way that my pub, it, it's still going to be called a pub, but let's say it was a former workman's club. Because in the, in the northeast of England, we, we, we have a lot more workmen's clubs than the old school pubs. Um, it's like the highest density in the whole country is, is in Durham. Um, and I think that amazing institutions, which have, are, are rapidly declining, especially after COVID. And they have a specific fluorescent aesthetic with wood paneling, um, well, like, like just cheap fixtures, uh, kind of red seats, long tables, communal tables, maybe maybe a couple of booths and many different rooms. But these workmen's clubs, I think with a tiny bit of a, a 
kind of inspiration can be like wonderful places. And I want to get a kind of like original kind of 70s aesthetic. Are we talking like that sort of specific luminous card cut into stars on the optics saying house doubles? Sort of, yeah. <laughs> I find that quite comforting. Oh, yeah, I like it. I like it. I mean, do you know the... I'm sure we've mentioned this many times, but the Broodnell Social Club in Leeds. Yes, I think it's one of the best venues in the country. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, one of my favourite places just to go for a drink. Well, that's what's great about one of these old sort of social clubs, these working men's clubs, is you can treat them as a pub, but you could also have a birthday party there or a wedding or a wake. They've got dance floors. They've got stages. It becomes a real part of the community, which everyone's involved in. There's, it's democratic, like the committee members are voted for, uh, they decide what happens to the club, uh, and with the right direction, it can be anything. It's just a wonderful hub of community with history that you can go and have a couple of pints with your mates, meet new friends, take some friends, sign them in, uh, for, who are visiting, see great music, entertainers, like, and with the right direction, like Brunel has gone from being like a... Like, a decent sub- social club in like the Hyde Park area of Leeds to like they brought Pavement the 90s band over to, they're promoting their whole tour um, which is crazy we should give a little um, plug for our former guest uh, Pete Brown wrote a book called Clubland How the Working Men's Club Shaped Britain uh, which was released uh, I think uh, in in June this year, so it's only just out. So do get hold of a copy of that. I'm I'm currently halfway through it, so please no spoilers. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So what are your first two draft options for this working men's club? So I'm going to be a bit... Uh, beers that probably won't fit in the club, but I'm going to put them in anyway. Um, I'm going to have the first draft option. has to be a lager. And that's going to be my favourite lager, which is Monk Sambaca Lager Beer. Um, 
It's a very long word. Could you spell that, please? <laughs> M- <laughs> it sounds like Monk Sambuca, which which sounds like quite an interesting. Kind of, could it be a cocktail? You just do tiny maybe? shots of it, and it tastes like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's M like M O N C H S A M B A C H E R. Um, to make it even more confusing, the brewery is called Browriser Hender, but <laughs> it's it's a wonderful kind of weird quaint place like the bottles have a little monk on the front like a clip arty monk with a um a cheeky grin and like a halo around his head drinking a pint um it's very weird but in you walk you drive into the brewery because it's in the middle of nowhere you have to drive and it's like a courtyard it's all family run so i think like i think maybe the the, the son is the brewer the father helps out the mother uh, does the kitchen and someone else in the family serves the beer and it's pretty much all out of like small barrels, like wood barrels or pl- plastic barrels. And you sit in there, the beer garden, there's, there's like a play, kids play area made out of an old brew kit, which doesn't sound or see look very safe. And so this is in, is this Munich then? It's, 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 it's like... about an hour or so out of Munich uh, in, in Franconia. Right. And you drink from like, pot steins and the beer is like oh my god it comes from these these barrels and it's like soft it's kind of sweet it's got a good bitterness it just it just tastes like the the perfect lager it's such like it's such hot it's very heartening beer mm. it's kind of nourishing but also crisp and clean and you could drink a lot of it if you want <laughs> have you ever seen it in the uk Yes, but uh, with a lot of these breweries, um, their packaging, uh, small packaging in small bottles and cans, it leaves a lot to be desired. So the beer that arrives in the UK is not what the beer they serve. It it's uh, maybe degraded over a, a few weeks, but fresh on draft, it is the best beer I've ever had in my life. So I think transporting that tenderly somehow to with, with no carbon footprint uh, in these barrels to the pub, the Workingmen's Club, I think would be great. It's got quite a short best before date when it comes in the bottle, uh, so I am told. But it it looks amazing on draft. The Monk Schambacher Lager Beer from Brauerei Zahenda is 5.5%. It's boozy. It's boozy, um, but it looks fantastic. I love the little clip art monk on the front. But you're right in that you could look at it and think that looks quite bad. <laughs> yeah. What is quite interesting about the brewery, they've got like a family of storks that live and people come just to look at the storks that live above the got a big nest on top of the brewery. Wow. Once again, it sounds made up, but it is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your first draft. What's your second one? My second draft is uh, a, we- a beer that's not seen outside of kind of the, the northeast and that's john smith's magnet oh tell me about that so there, there's all these big brands have brew beers specifically for worker men's clubs right uh in hartlepool at cameron's brewery they're kind of legacy brands that have died off everywhere else in the country but they brew them just for these high volume massive worker men's clubs so john smith's magnet is like a a beer that tastes like the color brown uh, it's <laughs> it's like kind of comforting like sweet like it tastes like like an autumn day 
it, it's it's it kind of the sort of beer your dad would say, put hairs on your chest. Mm. Like kind of brown bread crusts. It's uh, kind of a licorice note that's really kind of um, prominent. And it's always served by metered dispense. So the beer is in kegs, but it comes out uh, by the push of a button. So you, you press the button once, half a pint gets squirted out through like a nozzle, like a sparkler into your glass. You press it twice and a full, full pint comes out. Wow. But the pint glasses are oversized uh, by about, I think about 70 mil. So you get a massive head, but the beer is served exactly as a pint. So is this different to John Smith's original, which you can get in cans in some shops? It's night and day. It's like they kept all of their brewing knowledge, expertise for, for, for Magnet. Original tastes like carpet water. It's not even on their website. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. I was trying to research it when I was writing the, the article about um, bankers because uh, it's kind of it leads into that. And it's not a, it's not a thing. Like they don't acknowledge it, but they brew it and they sell it, and it is delicious. Wow! And it's not small batches they're making. It's just there's a lot of old men who drink a lot of it. It's only four percent. I want to. I want it. Well, can you recommend any pubs that do do it for sure? Are they all Hartlepool, like northeast kind of area. Uh, yeah, like any workingmen's clubs will have one of the. The th- I think it's three like of these brands. So there's Tetley's Imperial, mm. uh, John Smith's Magnet, and Worthington's Ale, which is not to be confused with their like cream floor beer. It's called Worthington's Ale. This is extraordinary inside info. It's like finding out like the discovering you know Stranger Things when they go to the Upside Down. It's like the downloadable content, the DLC of pub. <laughs> no one knows yeah. this is all happening in the northeast of England where you get these like giant pint glasses yeah. that, like you struggle to put your hand like fully around like halfway around oh uh, god and you drink this brown kind of nourishing liquid and you press a button and it comes out like a like a like a cup of soup from a vending machine <laughs> pretty much yeah you just push the button and the half a pint comes out oh this, this sounds amazing <laughs> it's, it's, it's just nice and comforting and like i've got friends who are my age in the 20s and they're all drinking it and there's blokes that have been drinking it the whole lives, and if they took it out, they'd be the kickoff. So as long as it's being drunk, I guess John Smith's are commissioning Cameron's to make it, and it gets sold, gets sold in the northeast, which is, I don't know, it's 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 interesting to me. It's nice, and it's a delicious beer. Are you tempted to try and recreate that style of beer with Donzoco? I thought about brewing like a like a banked beer, a bit like a, the original one is a beer called Cameron's Strong Arm which is a red ale, which is always banked. But uh, I don't know. I like just doing what I do and keeping that separate, like work and play. Because I'd brew it and realise I'm not as good at brewing as John Smith. That would cut me deep. I went to the pub and I had a drink with my friend. It was really nice. The pub was called The Moon Underwater. Well, next we move on to your bottles and can choices. And, I mean, if your draft choices are anything to go by, this is going to be a revelation. Well, the uh, I like something a bit top shelf for, like, a Christmas, maybe a Christmas day drink. Maybe it's your birthday. Maybe it's a nice evening. You've had a lovely evening. You want something a bit different, a bit special. Um, and I've chosen Frederick Stahl Cherry Wine Rancio. So 
there's like an island area of, like off Denmark called um, where there's a producer called Frederick Stahl and they grow these small sour cherries and they press them and make wine out of them. And the regular wine is delicious. It smells like almonds and kind of pie crusts and like, like a cherry pie in a glass. But they do like a rare version called rancio, which means rancid. So they get this cherry wine. They put it in like glass bottles of about 20 liters, put it outside and like leave it for two years. Just like open. You're joking. It like, I guess it freezes during the winter <laughs> and then like it gets snowed on. Like it just did, does its business outside and then they bring it in, put it in a barrel for a bit and then they bottle it. What if animals crawl into it? Just <laughs> I think they're like loosely balanced. I've, I've tried to look on like Google Maps. Right. This field yeah. of, of like glass bottles and they have like a, a an upside down cup put over the top. So it's not sealed. Like air can get in, but it's like no birds can uh, can drop things in it. And I don't know what magic, what alchemy happens when it's put on this Danish island, but it it gets flavors of like rosemary, like port, like like sweet kind of leather armchair. It becomes like a completely different drink, and it is, I think, one of the world's best beverages. So does it start from a kind of sour note and then become more complex, or does it get more sour? It's still quite sweet. Okay. Uh, but there is like a Morello cherry sort of sourness. A bit like, not like eating cherries off a tree, more like a Morello cherry kind of pie filling. Mm. Uh, and it gets, yeah, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's like Cherry Bee's granddad. I want to try this so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love cherry wine. I'm going to a festival um, in Manchester at the end of the, of the, of the weekend called uh, Indie Man Festival. And they're there. And that, uh, if they don't bring it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be writing letters <laughs> because it is all good. Uh, I've got a few bottles stashed away. I usually open one on Christmas because it goes like, it's a bit like drinking cranberry sauce. If that cranberry sauce was like aged in a mahogany cabinet. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of ABV are we talking? Does it get stronger? I'm unsure. It's pretty strong. Uh, it's 15%, I think. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty boozy, but it's also very expensive for, for a, a beverage of that kind of ABV, but it is amazing. Yeah. So that's on the top shelf. That's, I want a little nip of that sometimes. Frederick Stahl Rancio Vin Auf Kursebeer for its uh, full title. It comes in uh, half litre bottles, 15% by volume. Oh man, I'm going to have to get ordering. <laughs> I want to try that with the John Smith's Magnet. I bet if you mix them all together, it would be like a Black Forest Gower sort of vibe. Yeah. I like the idea of it kind of, it becomes more expensive and valuable the longer you leave it out in a field, you know, like like kind of, I suppose, like um, detectorist stuff, you know, like looking for treasure. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something else that, you know, accrues value the longer it's lying in a field. I mean, I might just put a crate of my cans outside and just open them all. Yeah. <laughs> John Smith's. That's how you get magnet. <laughs> And uh, what's your second bottle or can, Reese? So it's something I tried two days ago uh, for the first time. Hot off the press. It's taken, it's been some real impression on me. It's uh, something I tried in Galway. I don't know if it's Galway specific. I don't know if it's Ireland specific. Uh, it's called West Coast Cooler. Mm. And it's like a wine-based 4% ABV alcopop sort of drink. But it tastes like specifically Haribo Jelly Babies. <laughs> really? I was, I was, I, I couldn't stop drinking it. 
it was i tried some of i thought this is nice and refreshing um it's a, it was a kind of a warm day and it was just i don't know it just it, some of my head was like this is the best thing you've ever tried uh and i will never make his drink as good as that it's like when i drink dr pepper i think yeah i mean i can't make that i wouldn't know where to start it's very luminous in the bottles wow it's a mixture of white wine, sparkling water, pineapple, grapefruit, and passion fruit flavours. But you can also get it in a rosé bottle, uh, which is rosé wine, sparkling water, blackcurrant, cranberry, and passion fruit. It looks like there's been a sort of trend recently. If you go into a big supermarket in the wine section, they have all these bottles of sort of like six percent abv spritzers so it'll be like echo falls um infusions that kind of thing it doesn't look a million miles away from that i mean i've i've tried those things by accident most of the time i think that's a cheap wine for cooking yeah and i open it and it smells like just walked into like someone's vaping in my face i am slightly suspicious reese that you may have stumbled across something which is perhaps quite popular amongst teenagers in parks. Okay. <laughs> but without those connotations, you've just enjoyed it for what it is. Well, this sounds really up your alley, John, doesn't it? It's got to sound very sweet. Uh, but it, it was it was delicious. And maybe it was just the time and place it was in. But if it always tastes like that, in my head it does, because I've only tried it once. It's It's amazing. I don't want to try it again in case it gets ruined. I'm just trying. So it's about seven quid a bottle. Uh, sort of wine. You can also get it in boxes, and it is uh, four per yeah four percent. Wow. Well, I'm ge- man. I'm going to have to buy so much because I'm so interested by all of these. Would you go for the original or the rosé? I'd probably go the original, the green ball. That's the only one I can vouch for. Okay. But it is definitely like a Haribo jelly babies. Very sweet, very fizzy, sort of good. Good time beverage, I'd say. Does it kind of have a cider ciderish quality? Yeah, uh, it's more like a like a sweet white wine spritzer, right? But you could definitely drink it in the in the in the, the, the time you would drink uh, a cider. God, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> well, Reese, I have to thank you for expanding our minds with your choices. Uh, so far, I have to get my mouth around this, which is not easy after a few Guinnesses. Um, the the Monk Shambaka five point five percent, the Monk Shambaka Lager beer, John Smith's Magnet, the Frederick Stout Rancio Alf Cursor beer, uh, which is fifteen percent, and the West Coast Cooler, which is four percent. Anyone uh, from Ireland who's experienced the West Coast Cooler, do email John at Moon Under Pod to tell us about its. I'm sure long history (laughs) but right now we take a break to head over to the moon underwater pub quiz okay everybody pens out eyes down it's time for the quiz he played for zimbabwe but he was born in south africa i know alaska is bigger that wasn't the question put your phone away Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Thanks, John, and welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz this week. It's a music round, again. 
Uh, you have to guess the band or artist based on the first three albums that they released. For example, License to Ill, Paul's Boutique, Check Your Head. That's the Beastie Boys, my friend. So do you understand Do you understand the, the criteria here? I'm going to say the three albums and you have to work out which band or artist it is. Yeah, love it, love it. Right, so three questions and we'll, we'll do the answers in part two. So question one, debut, post and homogenic. Debut, post and homogenic. That's the first one. Question two, please actually introspective. That's the second one. Please, actually, an introspective. And question three is permission to land, one-way ticket to hell and back, <laughs> <laughs> and hotcakes. <laughs> so that's permission to land, one-way ticket to hell and back, and hotcakes. So those are your three questions. Superb pub quiz from the lovely Robin there. Uh, so we end part one of Reese Hugill's Dream Pub. We'll be back with you very shortly for part two. Uh, but don't forget to head to moonunderpod.com to find out how you can support this podcast through Patreon and access all kinds of special treats and surprises, uh, including the bonus podcast, Behind the Cellar Door. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.